Welcome, everyone, to the Adultish Podcast. I'm Brendan Sokler. Uh, what is Adultish? Well, it's a podcast, which you're listening to right now, but it's also a web series, which you can check out on Footprint.tv or Adultish.tv. And with that, I'm Brendan Sokler. I'm Michael Zapsik, and it's also a way of life, folks. <laughs> it's, it's a lifestyle choice, I think. Yeah, it's, it's to live somewhere in the middle of being a full-fledged adult and being fun. And with that, also <laughs> wait, really Be- being fun is being that what fun. the ish yeah. stands for for you? Is just being fun, just being fun. I just mean like it's just a gray area. Yeah, to me, it's a gray area. <laughs> Sorry, I'm Bevan. Everyone, welcome to there, the Adult the, Podcast. The this is I was kind of hoping you'd <laughs> say that, <laughs> like throw your name in there someplace. Yeah, I gotta throw my, my name in there God. sometimes. So it's uh, it's been a minute since we've been at the Shared Universe Podcast Studio, or at least a minute since I've been. I was about here. to say since I've most been here. of you've been here, we've been busy, busy bees, the lot of us. But let's start with you, Zap. How's uh, how's things at Shared Universe? Uh we it's good we've been busy 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 so which i can't complain about ming's doing all the grunt work um we actually uh, we actually hired another engineer so yeah we've been it's been good now that you've hired another engineer have you like taken the shackle off of ming can i never put a shackle on ming that would that why does he have that it's self-imposed yeah i maybe he's it's it's a kink what can you say it's part of his adultish lifestyle choice we don't kink shame at the adultish podcast you some some you should (laughs) there's some yeah uh there there there's some kinks that you should shame like you know um oh i said kinkle kinkle shit like uh harvey kinkle from sabrina the teenage witch Sure. Nice. Let's go with that. <laughs> yes. Very good. I, I assumed a yep. kinkle was yep. like a yep. very erotic yep. kinkle. Yep. Just like, mm, no? no. Is that not no. what we're going with? Nah. Okay. Well, cool, man. Um, you can you can try that. That's good. You were out in Los, An- Los Angeles not yeah, too long ago. Um, so I was out there fulfilling a 12-year joke. Of I have been told since I started acting that I look a lot like Alan Tudyk, and I consistently joked, "Hey, you ever need an Alan Tudyk doppelganger? I'm your guy." And lo and behold, he needed one. He needed a doppelganger. My friend wrote a play. I got called out to go there, and I wasn't the guy. <laughs> so you weren't the guy. I wasn't the guy. Wow. I wasn't tall enough. Holy crap. I know. How tall is he? He's How- like 5'11. And you're 5'8 after yoga. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's fine. Gotcha. But now we just have we have the punchline to a great joke of I've been saying this for 12 years and then not the guy. Yeah, sorry about that. Dems the brakes, but it's okay. I already, I'm in an off-Broadway Shakespeare play coming up. It's very exciting. Very cool. That's very cool. Yeah, please go check out uh, Food of Love Productions' Midsummer A Banquet. We are doing like a 12-course meal with a production of Midsummer. It should be pretty cool. And you got food. Yeah, we got food. All right, there. That's... We got food and beverages. That's pretty. Uh, that's pretty impressive. And laughs. There will be yucks to All be right. had. And uh, yeah, and I think since uh, since we last touched base, there's been a, a bevy of nerd news. Hey, not to be confused with a bevin of nerd news. Hey. <gasps> So, let's see. Uh, Dark Phoenix came out. Mm-hmm. It, did, and it closed, didn't it? it uh, the, closed the, the, I haven't seen it. Um, I haven't seen it either. And a lot I, of people are bitching gonna. and moaning about it. Yeah. Let's get into this. So, Well, let, let's... No. I, I think we should back up a little bit. Okay. Because there, there are other things that have happened. Oh. Before this. Okay. I mean, we didn't even talk Endgame. No, oh, let's talk. No, okay. hold on, hold on. We're back. How you far gotta, back are you, you taking I'm, me, Mike? I'm, I'm taking us back as far as we need to go. Great. See, somebody's got to be the adult in this adultish <laughs> combo here, and I refuse to and be the adult. Yeah, we know that's why it's, it's God help us all. It's got to be me. <laughs> so we never talked about Game of Thrones. Mm. We haven't talked about Game of Thrones. Now, uh, I'm. If you haven't seen the latest season, folks, and you're like, oh, I don't want to add things to be spoiled. Well, you know, then stop listening right now. Spoilers. Go watch it because I'm going to spoil the shit out of it. Yeah. So um, 
Now I wanted dead. I wanted to watch the Deadwood movie. Oh yeah, Deadwood. Oh my god, I love Deadwood. Ian McShane is he's my spirit animal. He's terrifying. He's no, he is terrifying and uplifting at the same time. Yeah. He is he is Satan and God all at once. I saw him on Broadway in a Pinter play, and I have been I, no actor scared me in live theater. Really? He has. That's. Weird. It's a thing. That's that's weird. It's a weird presence that he okay. has. I would love to meet him, and I would love to be scared by him, although I would probably be in awe. Oh, yeah. It that's be- definitely there, too. He, okay. He's got this... Uh, he radiates just, like... Malevolence? Malevolence and charisma. Very, okay. like... He's just... Any devilish there's, character. There's no one else I can I can think of in the history of cinema that have done that to me. Yeah. Now, when I first watched Deadwood, but I mean, I'm just gonna do Ian. I'm just gonna do Ian McShane. No, I'm just going to uh, elaborate on how I feel about Ian McShane. Great. Um, loved him in Pillars of the Earth. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Fantastic book. It was a great book. Ken Follett. Yep. But did did you watch the miniseries? Oh, I have it. Of course you do, because uh, Haley Atwater. Yeah. That's the first time I'd ever seen her. Yeah. Mm. And I was like, wow. she And again, a woman with presence. I was like, wow, she is, she's not, uh, in, in the grand scheme of things, you look at her and you're like, wow, she's a, if I were walking down the streets of New York, I'd be like, oh, there goes a pretty girl. You know, just in my head. But there's something about her that, I mean, she, again, radiates that sense of boom, charisma, whatever you want to call it. But Ian McShane was creepy as shit in this, uh, in in Pillars of the Earth. So um, when I first saw him on Deadwood, low those many years ago, and we, it was an accident my wife and I started from the beginning because we were watching Sopranos. Mm Mm-hmm. That's when this, like, must-see Sunday night TV. So I was like, this is really cool. I, I love The Sopranos. And then Deadwood came on. I'm like, holy crap. And here's a guy. I mean, Ian McShane, right off the bat when he's talking with Ellsworth. And Ellsworth tells him, you know, he asks him, you know, are you, are you, uh, you related to them limey cocksuckers? <laughs> and he says, yep, I'm, you know, related to all those monarchy bastards. And he looks at him and he's like, I don't, what do he say? Like, I don't trust you as far as I can throw you, uh, Swearingen, but I love the way you lie. And that's, that was Jim Beaver's character, uh, Ellsworth. And I thought he was, that was pitch perfect. Just, he gave off, he radiated this menace (laughs) that this is not a man you want on your bad side. So... Or, or to be on his bad side. That's that's what I meant. So I, I gotten hadn't seen any of the Game of Thrones. I saw the first episode, which I thought was fine. Mm-hmm. It was nice. You know, you you saw the the tension between Danny and the heirs of Winterfell, which and we we got a lot of uh, hellos and. How you doings? And oh, it's been, you mean a, the been first a hot minute. Of the season, season eight, season eight. Not the yeah. first ever episode. No, yeah. the first. First, I'm sorry, yeah. I should have said that. First Solid episode. Solid setup. Of the- a lot of percolating starting uh-huh. to happen. I and I, I get where a lot of people are coming from. I happen to like this season. I do I, too. I like this season very much. In as much as it pissed a lot of people off. Yep. I like that they didn't give everybody what they wanted. Everybody wanted that whole, you know, everything comes full circle. They wanted, and again, if you haven't seen it, I'm spoiling the shit out of it. People wanted Arya to kill Cersei. This has to, Arya has to kill Cersei. No, she doesn't. No, she doesn't. She killed the Night King. Yeah. She had her massive moment. She had her arc. Yeah. Should Sansa have killed Cersei? No. Probably not. No, it's much better to... It's better to sit back and watch your enemies flail around in their own shit. I mean, the difference between Arya and Sansa's arcs are Arya wanted vengeance through being able to kill people. Mm-hmm. And she killed the biggest threat. Killing Danny would have been a letdown from that arc. Well, Cersei. Turn, it, Cersei. 
I both of them. Okay. Sure. Because I've heard people talk about both. With Sansa, it was about her coming from a place of lack of power and status to status and power and being a ruler. But if you also remember season one of Sansa, Sansa couldn't wait to leave Winterfell. And mm-hmm. where does yes. she end up back? The queen of Winterfell. Right. Yeah. Or the north. I was here for it. I thought it was- and and uh, Arya didn't want to leave Winterfell. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And now what's she doing? She's off being Batman, uh, conquering the world. Columbus, whatever you want. I'd, I'd prefer Batman. Yeah, I'd much. Yeah. Batman was a much better explorer. Yes. <laughs> I think the major complaint most people have, which I'm on board for, I, I didn't hate any of the choices that were made. I like the choices. Mm-hmm. I think the complaint that most people were making is that it felt rushed and they wanted more time. With Danny going again, spoilers. Danny going Mad Queen. I would have enjoyed seeing more of her arc that way. Um, however, I'm still fine with the choice. Yeah. I think the only thing I would have liked more time on to feel more of the impact is I didn't get enough of John and Danny's relationship for me to be that invested, invested in it. Invested in yeah. it. Yeah. So John's choice to kill her didn't affect me as much and his decisions to fight for her didn't affect me as much because I didn't see them grow together as much I could have used maybe two or three more episodes of them being a couple they should have done that last season I yeah. mean that's yeah. that to me that's that was a failure on their part this season I thought that it was established that they both loved each other sure mm-hmm. and you could see it and you could feel it and you know when John was riding the the dragon in mm-hmm. the first episode, you're like, "Wow, he really is a Targaryen." Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and spoiler again, John's a Targaryen, and he was having sex with his aunt. So, speaking of kinks, yeah. So, but for me, everybody who was bitching and moaning, you know what? Things end. Yeah. And oh, I want it. You know what? Uh, it turns out that a lot of people. Um, out there are entitled pieces of shit. Yeah, the the whole um, the petition the petition was sure. really dumb. dumb. Like it was just stupid, and it was inappropriate. Here, here's a question to the table: Has there been a nerd petition that you've liked? Or do yes, they- actually, save comic book men. That was one that I did, <laughs> but I I think I'm a little biased on that yeah. that score. I like but- the petition too. Oh, thank I, you. I signed that petition. I did. Um, to I- be honest with you, there's uh, bring back Firefly. Uh, yeah, that that I like. That makes sense. That seemed like a like a thing of love. The recent petitions. Oh, let's not count Last Jedi. Oh, let's have someone else reshoot Game of Thrones. Yeah, how about um, you're an entitled piece of shit, uh, and I'll sign that petition. Yeah. Um, it's things end. I mean, I was not devastated, but it. I was like, aw, when Angel ended. Because mm-hmm. Angel was... The Buffy spinoff. The Buffy spinoff Angel. I liked Angel. With David Boreanaz. I liked it very much, too. Season one and two were a little... Lackluster. They they were following in Buffy's footsteps. They were sort of in. Three, they found their own thing. Yeah, and in three, actually, in three, they they started. To, they had. Uh, they brought in uh, Vincent Carthizer, Carthuser, mm-hmm. whatever the hell his name is. Yeah. He was an he was a pain in my ass. Mm-hmm. He was Angel's magic kid or whatever the hell it is. Mm-hmm. He you know uh, two vampires have a child. And as it's, they do, as they, as you will, as one does. <laughs> um, and it was him, and I'm like, wow, what a what a waste of a character. Because mm-hmm. I didn't think he did a good job, and even he's like, ah, I didn't like my character. I didn't like what they were doing. I didn't, and and it showed. Yeah, I mean, he's he's not a Shakespeare. He doesn't have the gravitases of an Ian McShane. Yes, but uh, I mean, you're like, but bring something. Yeah. And I saw him in Mad Men, and I'm like, it's that guy. It's, oh, my God, it's Angel's kid. What a dick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, And he turned out to be a dick anyway. So yeah. I was like, all right, cool. There we go. So, and Vincent's probably not listening right now, and he's, he's I'm like, assuming he's devastated. That I just said that? Yeah. Oh, okay. F- future him, the moment that we drop this episode, is driving around in his car just being like, man. You know, I'm going to. Zapsic went. After yeah, me. Yeah, what's going on? But uh, I mean, it's it, there are people who like them, and their points are perfectly valid too. And I'm just stating 
and it's it's kind of hypocritical of me because somebody said something about me today, and I'm like, why don't you shut the? And they they attacked me on Twitter, and I mean, Vincent, you're you're, you know, you made the choices you made in Angel and mm-hmm. in Mad Men. Mad Men, I liked you better, so I'm I'm just saying. Yeah. So, uh, but someone attacked me on Twitter like, uh, you suck, and I'm trying to make this the best thing it is. I'm like, go fuck yourself. Yeah. I'm like, first off, you attack me. Unprovoked, which was sort of my Vincent Carthizer, but we're, right. I was using him as, as an example right. yeah. of like Angel's thing. So, so I'm trying not to be hypocritical these days <laughs> and failing miserably. But um, <laughs> that was one of the plot points in Angel that I didn't like. But then uh, season, season three, season four, Wesley, um, the rogue demon hunter, mm-hmm. used to be uh, Buffy's watcher. Yes. Mm-hmm. Wesley. Uh, Wesley Wyndham Price. That's what his name was. Wesley Wyndham Price. Was he also a boyfriend of Buffy at one point? I'm trying to remember. No. No, no, I remember uh, Wesley. Anthony Stewart Head? Yeah, yeah. No, that was Anthony Stewart Heed. 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 He was Giles. Oh, right, right, right. Yes. uh, Wesley was his replacement. And he was a very stiff, you know, a stick up his ass. And uh, Buffy just basically bitch slapped him around. And he went to Angel and he was like a rogue demon hunter and he was trying to be all cool and isn't he the real life husband of Alexis Denisoff yes, yes. of Willow yes um, Aha. See, yes Allison Hannigan yes, mm-hmm. and he was also on uh, How I Met Your Mother he yes, played uh, he Sandy was. Sandy Rivers of course he was and so. Benedict in uh, The Much Ado About Nothing that and he was right. also uh, Thanos's guy that got killed by Loki huh. in Avengers huh. yeah how about that? How about that? It all ties into How about folks? Well, if if you're a friend of Joss Whedon or the Russo brothers, you end up in an Avengers movie. At in some point. At some point. It's very cool. I mean, uh, any everyone in community Almost everyone in the community at some point ended up in an Avengers movie. So it was pretty cool. That's the way it works, man. Except for it. Chevy Chase. Because Dan Harmon's like, I hate that guy. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, let's see. Hold on. Let's so, but my point being yeah. that Angel, at season five, they took over the evil law corporation of Wolfram, uh, Wolfram and Hart mm-hmm. in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And they were running it. And it was such an epic like journey. That you're you're watching this and you're uh, they had Ben Edlund, who was the, the creator tick. of the Tick. Yeah, he was doing a whole bunch. Of, they had the cautionary tale of Numero Cinco, mm-hmm. which was they have an old dude in a luchador mask um, as the mailboy, just wandering yes. around, and you're like looking at this, going, "Holy fuck, this is awesome!" Yeah. You know, and Lorne, the green demon who can you know tell your aura by the way you sing. And, um, you know, he's coming out of offices talking to people, and you're like, I can see Los Angeles being like this. Yeah. So, or at least the Los Angeles. Yeah, the Los Angeles I know is exactly like that. So, but that ended when they, when the CW or the WB or whatever the hell they were at the time, I think it was the the WB. WB, yeah. Um, Yeah, the WB was like, um, you guys are entirely too expensive, you know. This vampire shit's getting old, you know, and can't you be more sparkly? All right, you're, you know, you're canceled. And so... Sparkly vampires. I know. So they they sent them out on a really high note. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're like, let's tie up some loose ends. And they did. Nice. And, I mean, they had like three episodes. After they found out they were canceled, they had three episodes to wrap everything up. So they're like, let's fucking wrap things up. And they did. Yeah. And so... I mean, it, that was rushed. That right there, that's rushed because mm-hmm. you, you're talking like a matter of, what, two and a half months mm-hmm. that they have to play with. They had a year for Game of Thrones. They thought it out. They they planned it. And even that uh, – the, the White Walker uh, battle, that took what, like – 32 days to film? Nights. 32 nights to film? Yeah, it was a, I watched the documentary, mm-hmm. which I always I recommend. Didn't. Oh, yeah. I mean, I always recommend to anybody that wants to understand filmmaking or television making, period, to watch these documentaries. Mm-hmm. And then you understand just how many people 
are involved with every decision mm-hmm. from the smallest detail. Like there's a guy whose job they follow you around, and his job is to create snow. Like he is the snow guy. He couldn't have grabbed a, um, a Starbucks cup and moved it out of no, the way. Yeah, no? I mean okay. that that's really funny. Yeah, continuity um, is continuity. Yeah. All this money, they had millions of dollars, and nobody caught a coffee cup. And it was actually a teacup from craft services. They said uh, it was not a Starbucks. That cup. makes all the difference in the world. Yeah, I, I know because I forgive yes. it now. Oh, of no, course. Yeah. Oh, it was only craft services. They had styrofoam in Winterfell. Yeah, exactly. Right, so. uh, no, but I mean, like, there's a lot of people just don't understand how many people are behind the decision making of every single thing yeah. to make a show and the lives of people. I mean, so you can you can be critical, I think, of a TV show, but the minute you start trolling it or bashing it or signing a petition, I think you've gone a step too far. I, you can disagree with choices. I'm not saying you can't. I think we we all can, as long as you're constructive about it and you come from a place of understanding. Most people don't, though. I know, and that's the problem, which is why I say you should watch these documentaries to understand there's real human beings behind these shows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With families. Like, there was a, the cutest thing about the documentary, too, was two, they followed two different types of people. They followed a guy that has been a glorified extra on the show since, I think, season five. And he's, like, been part of the Stark family. So he walks around with, like, a Stark jacket. And everyone on the crew knows who he is. And he's just so humble and grateful. And, like, when he's even part of the last scene that they shot, which is um, season... It's the episode six where... um, Oh, what's his... uh, Grey Worm is about to assassinate Lannister armies. Mm -hmm. And Jon Snow comes with, like, a group of his men. And that's the last thing they ever shot of Game of Thrones was that scene right there and he got put in the last scene because he had become like a family member to the production crew. That's like, nice. Yeah, it was very touching and he was very touched by the fact that he got to be in the last ever shot scene with Jon Snow. Um, and that was cool and then the guys that do special effects was actually a married couple and they were talking about how the show had affected their family life because they were missing some of their children's school activities by doing the show. But they got to bring – so in the scene where John walks off with the wildlings at the end, they said, you want to put your kids in the scene so they could bring their kids to work. And they Aww. were very touched by it. It was very cute. Feelings. It was, it was very cute. Like it's very touching to see those behind-the-scenes stories. So it doesn't make you – I don't want to say hate the show more. It makes you actually love and appreciate the show that like the crew and production team cared about one another. Right. So, yeah. I'm of the mind that there's a very, very simple test to whether or not I'm going to like a finale. Are you wrapping up the stories that you've been telling the entire time? And are you doing it in a way that's not completely by rote? A little bit unexpected way of getting to an end that makes sense. Yes. And are you... And I thought they did that. And are you also opening up questions for someone else? Yeah. Like, are you... You're leaving enough rope for if someone, say, 10 years down the line, you know, calls up Kit Harrington is like, hey, your Game of Thrones money, is is it run out yet? You want to do another? You know, we'll do a, a thing. And he's like, sure. Yeah. Although, I, to be fair, he's in, he's in a ward right now. He's in some sort of health center right now. He checked himself in for trauma and stuff like that. Well, them. for um, – I think it's for not trauma. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, just for went to rehab. Multiple, yeah, multiple gunshot wounds. No, he he went in for uh, he went into rehab for um, depression or something. Like I, that. I, I think it was okay. exhaustion and alcohol abuse or substance abuse. So. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember, but they were saying that he got affected a lot, and you see this in the documentary too. He got affected a lot by not being Jon Snow anymore. Yeah. Uh, so he was talking about that a little bit, and he had actually been on record as saying that it, you know, being Jon Snow was like, and even Sophie Turner said this, and Macy Williams said this a little bit too, that there was a bit of an identity crisis a little bit with with letting go of these characters after ten years. I have no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a strange thing, but honestly, I I don't get the nerd rage on this. I think they told it really well. I thought the surprises were really well done. I could have maybe used a little bit of light during that one utterly dark battle scene. Um, oh, you mean during the the night the the night, the night kings? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I also thought that was really kind of cool in and of itself. In that it was horrifying and dark, 
like war at night. Right. Well, that's exactly what it was. It it affected me with that. I was like, I'm not entirely sure what's going on, but this is a lot. I was watching them go, and I'm like, I would be dead. Yeah. I would be dead inside of 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. I'm watching Theon Greyjoy defending Bran with his life. Yeah. And and beyond, really. Yeah. And just, uh, I mean, this he was doing speed archery. I mean, he was putting Hawkeye to shame. Yeah. You know, Clint Barton eat his dust because he was just like ping, 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 ping. It was like holy Christ. Yeah. Because he and they weren't giving him a moment's re- respite. No. So. That guy has a career ahead of him. I think he's going to do wonderful stuff. Bran, I'm not sure if he has much of anything. I don't know. I don't know if he needs to. Why do you think I came all this way? You could have warned us about some stuff. Yeah, how about, yeah, you could have told a couple of things. But it's also, that's the Doctor Strange syndrome. Mm -hmm. Because if he tells you, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Well, but also, too, there is still a debate on whether or not he can see the exact future. He, he it made a presence that he can see everything in the past and everything that's happening in the present. But in terms of the future, that's a little bit still wonky. Okay, well, that's the wonkiness is, but he can. What is the probable future? Just like, um, yeah. yeah, just like, uh, oh my God, Destiny in the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, which is a terrible name, a terrible branding name, horrible. Oh, we got a question for you. Brotherhood of Evil going. Mutants. No, just Brotherhood of Mutants. That'll work. Yeah, or just have the Brotherhood. Yeah. Yeah, the brother. I mean, that's what I grew up on was the Brotherhood. I think that's what they called it in the animated series. Probably because they didn't want to say evil because it's scary. But, yeah, uh, or Brotherhood of Evil uh, Mutants, where it's like, oh, you're different and then awful. Well, that, that's the X Men. Yeah. But it also leaves it more up to interpretation. If it's just called Brotherhood, you don't know what to think of it. Is it evil? Is it is exactly? It bad? Is it good? Yeah. Because it... nobody thinks of themselves as a villain. No, nobody. Yeah. Not one. Hitler thought he was doing great things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shit All the bag best well-written villains do, which is going back to Danny. Danny's whole speech to John is a brilliant speech written on so her good. behalf because she did honestly think she was the Messiah. She was the savior of this land. Of course, and it's everybody is the hero of their own piece, and mm. she's she was rationalizing, of course, but mm-hmm. I mean, she killed. Upwards of what, a hundred thousand people? Yeah. She I, was the general Zod of Westeros. Yeah. I mean when you survive being in fire without a scratch on you, you might think you're some hot shit too. Oh, you meant to say that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see what yeah. you did there. I make puns. Okay. I, you, yeah, that's that's pretty much she was the second coming. Yeah. And she was the mother of dragons, and she was the breaker of chains, and she was Khaleesi. She was so many, she was Twenty so minutes many. later, and she was. <laughs> yeah, I know. I she just kept. She just kept listening and to all she these was titles. The first of her name. Um, um, but yeah, she she believed her own hype. Yeah. And the one thing that John had going for him the most was he always stayed that humble. He was always a bastard. Mm-hmm. The one, if you remember from the very first episode when Tyrion said. Wear your weakness like an armor and no one can touch you with it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. John was always a bastard. Even when he found out that he was Aegon Targaryen. Mm -hmm. It was Aegon, right? Yeah. Okay. When he he found out he was... Ghostbuster? No, that was Aegon Targaryen. Ah, I get these things confused. So um, when he found out that he was a Targaryen, he's like, no, I'm still... um, And I will always be uh, Nedard Stark's bastard. And, and I think, too, one of the things that might have caused a little bit more of the backlash, too, is too much knowledge. Um, everyone knew, because it came out a while ago, that HBO was fine with greenlitting up to 10 seasons if D&D, who they call the creators here, mm-hmm. uh, wanted to. But then everyone found out that D&D got a Star Wars trilogy, and the second that that got announced, D&D came out and said, okay, we're only going to do another season. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people chalked it up to, which I still kind of believe, too, that D&D was like, okay, we can't start Star Wars without finishing Game I of Thrones. I don't begrudge them that, though, because no, I'm not saying they don't have the book. There's still no book. Yeah, I know. No, no, no. Like, what are you working off of? I understand, but I think when people found out that they could have had more seasons to flesh things out if they wanted to and they yeah. chose not to, 
I think that caused some backlash because I personally, again, would have been fine with going another season, like spending a season of about the White Walker battle and then spending a season taking down Cersei. If anything. Yeah. yeah. Because we didn't get a lot of Cersei this season, and Cersei's one of the best well-written female antagonists I've ever seen. Yeah. And she okay. and Lena Headley basically spent this last season staring at, like, off into the distance and drinking wine. Like, she didn't have a lot That's to do. That's what you do when you've finished your thing. I know, Yeah, she I know. is the queen, so yeah. now she's... And there are no comers at her for now. Yeah. She's got... Danny, but Danny had her attention on the you know the Night King, right? Yeah. So I mean, so. again, I'm not gonna like throw, and I'm not gonna troll the internet, <coughs> and I'm not gonna say, hey, I, again, I like all the choices, but knowing that I could have maybe had another season, I would have been happy to spend more time giving Lena Headley something to do. I would have the only the only arc I did not like because I loved this arc all the way up into the last two episodes, was Jamie Lannister's. I loved the arc of Jamie Lannister. And for him to go back and die with his sister to me, I was like, meh. It was, yeah, it was a little betrayal of the character. Yeah, I, I kind of wanted him to have the moment that John had. Like, that to me would have been great, but you can't do that twice. Um... Well, I thought I thought it would have maybe even been great if he had just stayed in Winterfell with Brienne of Tarth. I mean, nobody expected those two to end up together. I and still wanted her to end up with a giant dude. Giant, uh, giant fan? Yeah. That was not going to happen. Nah. No, I wanted it. Was, no, see. That's what the spinoff series needs to no, be. No, <laughs> she needed to be with someone of her, like, equal rank. Yeah. So she had to be with an equal. Yep. Because a lot of people are like, oh, she's going to end up with the Hound. And you're like, ugh. ugh. No. 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 No, I liked them as a couple. I thought they were building to something complicated between those two. and I w- It ended up being pretty damn complicated. Sure. Yeah. And I agree it was pretty damn complicated. I just kind of want, it was just the turnaround of that was so quickly for me. It happened all in one episode. Yeah. Like he got together with her and then he broke her heart in the same episode to go back to Cersei. And I was so tired I had thought he evolved past wanting to go back to Cersei the second she threatened to kill him, and then he found out that Bronn was actually sent to kill both of them. Yeah. I was like, so where was the justification of going back to die with Cersei after she had come to she had tried to kill him twice? Yeah, she she pretty much stabbed them both in the back. I yeah. Mean, and so that that to me didn't make sense. Now people liken it to like a drug addiction that no matter what he does, he can't let her go. Or a really bad relationship. Hmm, I don't know that one. Me neither. Thanks, Alexa. Wow. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Alexa, go to sleep. That's which amazing. Is, which is what, um, you know, which I think. John said uh, to Danny. <laughs> true. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the flowers, Danny. Look at the flowers. Oh, no. That's really, but that's really the only decision making I didn't, I wasn't a fan of. I liked the arc that Jamie Lannister had started from like season one, episode one, all the way up into episode four of season eight mm-hmm. yeah. and then like the last two episodes it it made no sense to me i was like wh- i okay so all of his learning curve just okay erase it yeah it's, yeah it flush it down the toilet but it's you've seen it happen in sure. your own mm-hmm. life you've seen friends do that like they fall throw into them. terrible relationships yeah. over and over again yeah or the same bad relationship yeah. over and over yep. again yeah they just can't quit somebody um no don't don't i'm not gonna <laughs> don't i know i opened myself up for that one no i just can't quit you. no my <laughs> there we go yeah, all right he's done all yep. right he's done just shut up uh we're taking this mic from yeah um should we avengers all right, we can talk Avengers now. Sure, now that we're done with Game of Thrones, much like the um, the D and D needed to get rid of Game of Thrones to to move on to Star Wars, now we can go on. Now to we can Avengers move on to Endgame. Avengers. Clear that palette. So, Mike, you obviously must you must have hated it, right? Oh yeah, I loathed Endgame. Endgame had everything going for it. There were a couple things that. Um, I I would have done myself. I I would have made I would have been more inclusive with Captain Marvel. Yeah. But Captain Marvel was uh, she came as fast as she could. That's what I they should have made her more of a part of the the whole thing. Yeah. Even though she's she was an untested Avenger. I'm a huge fan of of uh Carol Danvers. Yeah. I think there's two factors as to why that is. 
maybe three. Uh, first being that they shot the Carol Danvers stuff for Avengers Endgame before they shot Captain Marvel. I, I knew that, yes. Yeah. Second factor being when she's that high-powered... Yeah, it's it's the Superman gambit. Exactly. It's, what do you need the rest of the Justice League for? Uh-huh. <laughs> By the way, can I just interrupt real quick because of the Superman gambit? Yeah. The My least favorite scene of Endgame was that A4 scene because oh, it that. made no sense story-wise. They, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, when all the female Avengers... Randomly Sam, just show up to back it. Carol Danvers, who needs no backup to begin with. Well, Thanos is... I mean, they're pretty much on par with power. Yeah. Sure. You gotta kind of... But my favorite... One of my favorite parts was when she headbutted, or he headbutted her, and she just, like, sort of laughed at him. Yeah. yeah. That was dope. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and the yeah, third just, factor is she's yeah. gonna be... She's going to be your tentpole for the rest of, what, seven movies purportedly? I think so, yeah. Yeah. So I'm yeah. hoping Young Avengers is one of those. Oh, that could be fun. What's the lineup on Young Avengers usually? You got uh, Hawkette, Hawkeye, mm-hmm. the female Hawkeye, um, which is Hawkeye's daughter. Oh, yeah. We see Cassie Lang. Who's age appropriate now yep. after the five years. Yep. You could throw Spider-Man in there. You certainly could, yeah. You can now. Uh, who else is in there? Iron Lad, who was Kang from the future, but could be the kid from Oklahoma that Tony saw in Iron Man 3. That was the kid at the at I Tony's think that would be funeral. a really good pull. Um, yeah. I also wouldn't mind if we got an Iron Heart at this point. Uh, I wouldn't want to do that. That'd be doubling up. Yeah. So I think they have some some plans for that kid. They have some plans kid. for that yeah. kid. Well, the fact that he was that, at Tony's yeah. funeral means something. <laughs> yeah. I I um, mean, at least one could hope. Yes. And um, they could also bring in Hulkling and um, Wiccan because of uh, the Scarlet Witch and Vision getting their own TV show on – yeah, Which we one. will certainly touch base on very when, shortly. Yeah, when when it comes out, we'll talk about it. Yeah, but until I, I know more, I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> Fair enough. Do you do you like the title WandaVision? No, not even a little. <laughs> okay, bit. Okay, good. That's pretty much all I wanted yeah. to know. Wonka Vision, yes. WandaVision. Wonka Vision, yes. Wonka Vision. Um, I loved Avengers Endgame. I think I thought it was just beautifully executed, where they just tied up so much and mirrored so many things. Yes, and yeah, everything had its own little echo. Yeah. However, mm. there are things, there are plot holes you can drive a truck through. Sure. Um, Cap going back in time. Who the, what the hell is that about? Because, I mean, even though Peggy doesn't tell you who her husband is, we get a sense of who he was mm-hmm. in um the agent uh, agent carter mm-hmm. that tv show they showed us kind of who she was going to end up with yeah and so we start getting into the timeline theory at that point did he create a splinter timeline that is but that how did he jump back but I mean, how did he get messy. back how did he get it's back to the original he's timeline cap, no right? wouldn't, he's wouldn't still, happen. nope still had a stone sorry nope no shield nope other timeline shield no Not even yeah no i mean like once you start getting into the timey-wimey stuff, we do get a little iffy, but... Right, but here's I, another thing. Mm. Thanos, mm-hmm. how the hell did he get here from... And this stuff is... There are problems that can be solved with a little exposition. You know, hey, you know, uh, he, when Nebula took over her old self... right. Or her young self, or her yeah. Future when self. The, when the yeah, she goes after the future self, and you know, becomes Nebula again. Mm-hmm. She's only got enough to get her back. So how does she bring Thanos and and his group? Unless you're gonna say here are Hank, here are Pym particles, or whatever the hell these things are. Yeah. Um, use one of your guys to reverse engineer it because you know you're super sciency. You know, you guys are are good, and they could have done that. They could have just very just explain it that way instead of have to have me do it. Yeah, one of the biggest problems I had with the original Star Trek 
was where the hell were Nero and his gang for 20 years or 25 years waiting for Spock to come back? Mm-hmm. What were they doing? It was in the novelization mm-hmm. said that they were uh, at a they were in a Klingon prison planet. Okay. And their their ship was all locked up like Batman. Right. So I'm sorry, what? Uh, Ming said you needed help getting live on Facebook. Not anymore. We're, we're halfway just, through the episode yeah. at this point. We're golden. Yeah, we're, we're good. Thanks, Chris. Chris. Thanks, Chris. This is Bevan, and this is Brandon. Brandon. How Brandon. Brandon. It's Brandon. It's Brandon. <laughs> it's Brandon. <laughs> so, um... You knew I had to do that. Um, I'm trying to think. Where was I? Oh... Pimples, yeah. Klingon prison. But the, but the Klingon thing, it's all you have to do is 20 seconds of that. It's like, oh, you know, have, have an alarm go off and be like, all right, guys, let's go get our shit. And, mm-hmm. you know, do it. It's literally like uh, a minute and a half of the movie. Mm-hmm. And that's all. Put so, it in the it's, – if, if it's in the script and it's a salient plot point, mm-hmm. do it. Yeah. For God's sakes. So a couple couple of important questions that all the listeners are probably wondering. Mm. Uh, out of 100, what would you give Endgame? Uh, I'd give it a 94. Sweet. Um, did you cry? I did. I, I actually I did choked up. Yeah. I was when, yeah. When did it happen thing, for you? Uh, when, when Peter went up to, to Tony. Yeah. He's like, Mr. Stark, don't. And uh, I was like. I'm, I'm, and I'm I'm with my family. Oh, you and, made it much later than I did. And I'm like, all right, son of a bitch, because I was just like, that's that's the one that hit me the hardest. Because here's this, here's a kid who lost his parents at a very young age, mm-hmm. and then he lost his father figure in Uncle Ben, mm-hmm. which made him become Spider Man. And then he was he found another father figure, yeah, in Tony Stark, and he would do anything to please the guy. Anything to impress him. I mean, he jumped on a spaceship. Mm-hmm. He fought. <laughs> he fought gravity. He fought Tony Stark's own inventions to get back on that spaceship in uh, Infinity War. Yeah, and just to impress this guy. Yeah. So, and he's dying on him. That that hit me right there. That was. I'm a sucker for a good father son story. Oh yeah. So I I thought it was beautifully done. You made it much farther than I did. I lo- one of my favorite moments in the movie is just uh, on your left from Sam. Yeah, I, that, that was good. I get a little eye sweaty just thinking about that, man. It's great mirroring right there. Great echoes. Yeah, I'm also a sucker for father daughter stories, mm-hmm. and I was not happy seeing that the daughter lost her dad. Yeah, like um, it was not yeah. Morgan. Yeah. Yeah. I I definitely did not want to see Iron Man die. I was not ready to let go of Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. I don't think we've seen the last of Robert or heard the last of Robert Downey Jr. That that I agree with. I think he might be a Jarvis. He might yeah, be in the Iron. You're gonna man see. Too. You're gonna see a Friday. You're gonna yeah. see a Tony. I, I hope yeah. so. At, at least in a sense, because or if there's an alternate, because they've already mentioned in the new Spider-Man. Um, what is this new one called? Far from home. Yeah. Uh, that there is alternate dimensions now, so I'm wondering if we're gonna get an Elseworlds Tony Stark at some point. Because um, I, I just feel like Robert Downey Jr. just enjoys the money that he makes from this too much. I think he's a little too long in the tooth for it now. Yeah. Yeah. As good a shape as he's in, when you saw him, he was like emaciated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He can't do that to himself too many times. Yeah. When when. And I, dear God, I hope this is a win situation. You have Disney owns both Pixar and Marvel. Give me a Pixar Marvel movie where you have. These- you already had it. It was called uh, Big Hero Six, and you're welcome. So that was Disney animation. That was not Pixar. Mm, should have been. Well, <laughs> it wasn't. To be honest, yeah. <laughs> but you can have well, Robert Junior voice Tony Stark till the end of time. Yes, you can. Yeah. And they probably will, because it's a license to print money. I mean, they made Nick Fury look pretty good in Captain Marvel as a younger guy. True, but you're not going to see a whole bunch of, like, Robert Downey Jr. Well, I mean, it's the armor. You don't know. I'm just saying you never know. Army is the armor. Basically, they can't, just like with Wolverine, they cannot recast Iron Man for a while. 
No. No. And just like Indiana Jones, you can't do it while Harrison Ford is still alive. Mm-hmm. Can't even really do it 10 years after. Yeah. And, I mean, think <coughs> about this. They could have made a, an E.T. 2. Mm-hmm. But they didn't because Steven Spielberg didn't let them. Yeah. So there's yeah. a certain amount of creative control there. I think with Iron Man, we've got a you've got Rhodey still, Don Cheadle, although Don Cheadle's like he's, 55 he's too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there there's a decent amount of people that are long aging out, the, aging out, but also not like. Samuel L. Jackson looks this damn same. Phil Coulson, when they went back in time, looked the damn same. They just changed his hair part slightly. Yeah. Paul Rudd's 50, yeah. and he has looked the same since Clueless. Yeah, that's true. Well, a little bit, but yeah, I know what you're saying. You know what I'm saying. Yeah. Don Cheadle isn't really aging that much. No. When are they going to look their fucking age? Uh, it'll all come down, you know, all at once. Yeah. It's Nick Offerman said that, you know, uh, his agent, you know, his agent called him and said, hey, you want to stop aging? And he's like, yeah, it's something that all celebrities do. So yeah. I'm like, wow. You get to tag out on yeah. that. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, wow, that's – I wish I was a celebrity. That'd yeah. be great. It's a thing. You have yeah. to punch a manatee, but once you do that, you've passed well, that threshold. Uh, yeah. It's well, really rough. They're adorable. They're absolutely – you ever swim with one? I have – I've fed one lettuce. Oh, that's nice. I, I actually got to swim with one. Oh, that's cool as hell. Yeah, they're, they're awesome. They twirl when they're happy. It's yeah. adorable. It's adorbs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, so speaking a little bit too, so going so now as we make through our journey, <laughs> yes, Dark Phoenix has come out speed. and it's gonna now it's basically bombed. Yeah, I heard that. It's yep. bombed really badly. Um and it is now the last well, if we ever get a new mutants, which I don't know if they will release that or they're, not. They're releasing it. They uh did some reshoots on it. I'm I'm wondering, well, I did wonder up until I saw what they did with the reshoots on this in that it didn't really tie into the MCU. No. I thought New Mutants might have some type of cosmic hole thing, nah, something where we get the multiverse. Not. But I think New Mutants is going to be just like another entry in the final entry in the Fox version of this. Uh, I mean, I didn't see it because I never, I, you know, mo- didn't look like it was going to be any good. I I never wanted the Phoenix Saga saga to happen unless you were going to do justice to the Phoenix Saga. Mm -hmm. And to me, you can't really do justice to the Phoenix character, which is one of my favorite characters, um, unless you're going to spend some time with it, like the X-Men animated series did. Yes, or you're going to do it over the course of a Mm -hmm. bunch of movies, like move it towards... Have Phoenix be part of the X Men, and mm-hmm. you know, have her be that Captain Marvel character who ends a fight before, you know, two punches are thrown, oh. and they're like, "Wow, this is really great!" And you know, just like a little internal strife. But yeah, that's that's part of the problem. Unless you're doing it in comic book form, there are certain things that comic books were tailor made for, mm-hmm. and this is one of them. Yeah, and so the question I posed to you because I asked Brendan this uh, when we were at dinner is, if you are Marvel. Do you even touch the Phoenix Saga anytime soon? You can't. I mean, they're like, wow, this is – it's the same as the Fantastic Four. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can't do the Fantastic Four right now. You have to let it – let the stink, you know, waft off of it until yeah. – So the question is do you even – because the Phoenix is such a large part of the Jean Grey development, character development. Do you even have a Jean Grey in the new Marvel Cinematic Universe? Yes, but you have her be a young lady, have her be like a 15-, 16-year-old woman who grows with the part. Like you find a Sophie Turner yeah. who is, you know, like, I'm, I want to be an actress for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. And then you, you groom her for that. Yeah. I That's think, what you do. I think you can do – a bunch of other X-Men storylines before you need to ever touch Dark Sure, Phoenix. but here's another question. Do you even do a Wolverine right now? No, because you start with the... Or, I don't know. I, I don't know what they're doing in the MCU right now because mm-hmm. it's so messed up. Everything, their continuity is so screwed. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Jonathan Hickman is redoing the X-Men. It's going to be, um, what are they, Powers of X and House of X. Sorry. It's a good thing Hickman won't do anything complicated with that. He'll make it simple. Oh, yeah, of course not. (laughs) 
I'm, I'm sure he'll. Yeah, less is more. So. <laughs> but if you're Marvel, how, what what's your first steps that you would take in terms of incorporating X Men? If I were Marvel Cinematic, Cinematic? Universe, um, with the Disney Plus coming out and everything, have them be a separate dimension. Right now, yeah. still. Yeah, I, I'd have them be part of a different multiverse. So, so the thing that I want. I do want there to be a Wolverine in this next X-Men universe, partially because I would love to see as they're crossing into the universe, they might morph. They might that you might even get some people that stay on. But for one brief shining moment, I want to see Hugh Jackman turn into Danny DeVito and then turn into whatever actor they end up on. I don't know if you've seen the petition for Danny DeVito should be Wolverine. That's, That's been, been going around for Decades. It's a beautiful thing. Give me one decade, two so. seconds of it. <laughs> Not going to happen, but decades. It's been going around. So I mean, I think if you do do another Wolverine, then maybe make him more like the comics. Make him a shorter, more feral guy. If there is a six foot two guy playing Wolverine, I'm going to eat a shoe. I'm no. They originally like when they were looking at it in the '80s. They had Bob Hoskins lined up, which I thought would have been Bob Hoskins and Danny DeVito. They were two yeah. of the guys run in the running. Yeah, and you're like, wow. Give me, give me a tiny guy. Horrible. I want I, no, that would have been terrible. Yeah, yeah. Gary, Gary Berghoff was in the running too. Now I'll tell you, know. you what I am here for: the original creators of the X Men animated uh, series is yes. pitching to Disney Plus to bring back the X Men animated series. Have you I watched think. the animated series lately? Not lately. It's it's a little rough. No, I mean I the mean, first like, season was like a little rough, and you know, yeah. Um, there wasn't the flowing animation. It was like you saw Storm uh, flying and she was twirling and she was like walking. She was flying as fast as a guy can walk. Yep. So you're like, wow, that sucks. Yeah, but yeah. I really want. But I thought the story element. Yeah, the storytelling. I mean, storytelling was much better. They would they would update it with like animated like modern day animation they wouldn't that would be good yeah sure i think i'd be down for that i also if we're going to do a live action x-men i want a good rogue we have not had a good on-screen rogue but you can't do rogue unless they're in the avengers universe exactly well right that's what i mean and that's probably around the time when you're phasing out carol danvers because that's how you get rid of carol danvers you get rogue to take her power sure yeah which is one of my favorite moments of the comics yeah um, when that happens, or do you, is there a specific timeline you would want to tap into first with the X Men in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? I would, uh, if you want to know the truth, I would do it as um, you need more stories, you need more epic stories, um, and you need these guys to start writing them because mm-hmm. I mean we're talking forty years of comic book mm-hmm. history that's been done. I mean, we didn't get Demon in a Bottle for Iron Man, but, I mean, they came kind of close Yeah, in Iron Man 2. Um, I, I don't know. I, I would want them to start uh, synchronizing with the, the comic book writers and say, you know, make some magic and mm-hmm. then let the, the field lay fallow for a little while. Let it, you know, let it go for five years. Don't touch the X-Men. So no X-Men for five years. Yeah. Okay. That's what I would do. And then... Then I would start it, and uh, I told Ming the, this the other day when we were doing um, I Sell Comics. I'm tired of this. Uh, DC and Marvel are both, you know, they're, they're both running their their mouths about the cinematic universe, and they're they're letting their comic books, you know, fall by the wayside. You need. In each one of these companies, they need an architect. They need a guy who's... Oh, yeah. You've said this before. Yes. You need one guy with a vision and one guy who's like, you go there, you take these guys, you take these guys, you play with them, and you know, do it for... Everybody's got a year to play with their characters. Mm-hmm. You've got a year with Superman. You've got a year with Batman. You've got a year with Wonder Woman. You've got to, you know, and start doing anthologies again. You know, mm. have the, the smaller stories like with Green Arrow have have a, a book with Green Arrow Aquaman and the Martian Manhunter and you you take Nightwing and you know and then team books should be like quarterly mm-hmm. 
You do a Teen Titans every four months. Then you do a Justice League every four months. And do a Secret Society of Supervillains every four months. Mm -hmm. So this way you've got, you know, a, a monthly team book, but it's not, you know, it's... The things that, that happen with, like, a Justice League, you need something huge. You need a summer blockbuster. And you can't get that. You can't get that on a monthly title. Mm. Yeah. No, I, I agree with that. Um, but nobody wants to do that because it's like, oh, we're taking money off the table. And it's like, you know what, asshole? You're not selling units. Mm-hmm. So guess what? You're, you're going to have people returning shit, and they're – You've got stuff sitting in warehouses that doesn't sell anyway. Do stories that matter, and then you'll sell. Yeah. you got to reinvent the wheel a little bit. Yeah. I mean, because the way that things have been working. Or not working. working. It hasn't been working. You are leaving money on the table by not innovating. That's true. I also think, too, that uh, the DC Cinematic Universe hasn't quite worked because they haven't taken the time to let things breathe. Like no, Marvel did. I yeah. mean, Marvel was how how long were they building up Thanos even appearing? Like how many films? Uh, it was almost like eight years. Yeah, they were building up Thanos for eight years, and I think Endgame sold as well as it did because you were basically building up the final boss battle with Thanos sure. for that long. So the hype was real, in in that sense. Um, that being said, I do kind of think it. I like Infinity War a little bit better than Endgame. Yeah. I liked Endgame a little bit more than Infinity War. I, I liked Infinity War a little bit better because it was very Empire. Mm-hmm. Yes. And in, and uh, Endgame was uh, Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Because you, you had sacrifices <laughs> and... I think they, they're somewhat an apples to oranges thing, and I kind of get why they are now two movies with different titles. Um, because everyone was a little bit shocked when the Russo brothers were changing it from Infinity War Part 1 and 2. But then you realize they are very different types of movies. One is very artful setup. One is very artful payoff and tying up the strings of 22 movies. Yeah. It's crazy. Which is a lot of movies. It's a lot of movies. It's a lot of movies. But, uh, you know, with the X-Men, it's it makes... You know, the X-Men was one of my closest fandoms as a kid besides Batman mm-hmm. which we let's mention Batman really quickly once I said Obviously. this so it's so for me it was such a letdown to see a dark phoenix a second attempt at a dark phoenix movie and it just not even I didn't even want to go see it in theaters cuz it didn't even look that good mm-hmm. the special effects were fine but I mean you've also got a Magneto who's 60 years old and he looks like he's 40 yeah so, I mean, at least give him gray hair. I mean, I gave myself gray hair. <laughs> I stopped dying it, for Christ's sake. Right. Sh- shooting television yeah, for seven seasons may have given you gray yeah, hair. That was part of it, too. But, I mean, it was just like, you know what? Make him look age appropriate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It just it just didn't. And then a lot of people said that the actors just seemed to be phoning it in. And the stakes were just whatever. And the script was a little bit reminiscent to The Last Stand. And The Last Stand didn't even do the Phoenix Saga well at all. No, it yeah. didn't. I mean, they barely they barely called her Phoenix. Yeah, they yeah. barely they called her. They gave her a multiple personality disorder, which yeah. I, drove me crazy. I was like, that is not what this is, people. This is not what this is. No. But before we leave, let's talk a little bit about what we are going to get next with Batman, which we are getting yes, another trilogy of Batman on. by Matt Reeves with with Twilight, Robert Patterson as Batman. My, uh, no. Is it Patterson or Pattinson? Pattinson, Pattinson. whatever. Yeah. Uh, he sparkles yeah. in the sun. Okay. Mike, tell me what your thoughts are on this. Um, I heard what people people were bitching about uh, Michael Keaton back in 1987, uh-huh. 88, when you know, they announced that he was going to be Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, I reserve judgment because I happen to like Mr. Mom. Mm-hmm. I was a huge fan of uh, Night Shift. Uh-huh. So uh, I knew that he was a really good actor. And part of part of the biggest part of being Batman is playing Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. And he seems like a spoiled rich kid. So Robert Pattinson and he just – I. My part of my thing is, you know, Batman's not a Hufflepuff, you know. Yeah. But, <laughs> but to to be completely honest, I mean, Cedric Diggory had heart. Yeah. So I I think he's a really good fit and outside of the Twilight movies, all he's done 
is crazy out there indie movies where he's acting his face off. And I think to the Bruce Wayne thing that you were saying, yeah, he seems like a handsome, spoiled, rich kid could be very much in his wheelhouse. Exactly. And, I mean, I look at Affleck. He's an older, um, spoiled, rich douchebag. Perfect. Nailed That's it. Why, yeah, I know. Like, right out of the park. Yeah. I think I think for me, letting go of the whole Twilight thing, because unfortunately that's the only experience I have with him and those movies are god-awful and he's god-awful in them. Actually, everyone is just god-awful. I never movie. watched them, so I'm oh, not... Man. I don't bad. have that uh, um, thing with it, but however, I do not want to just judge it based on that. And again, I'm not, I'm not going to be a troll about this. I want him to bulk up a little bit more. Okay, he looks very. I I look like I could break him in half right yeah. now because he's very very skinny. Again, a diet and an exercise program could probably change that. Getting a suit with Buffy's. I mean, there. Well, are that's ways what happened to do with it. Chris Hemsworth. He was able to bulk up for Thor because remember George Kirk? He looked really skinny. Yeah, no, I, I believe that they could get him to be mm. bulkier for sure. It's just, again, reserving judgment of here we are getting another young Batman trilogy. So to me, it's like, what what's the story behind this now again? Because we got a Christian Bale young Batman. Yeah, you did. But, and I don't uh, want to see Thomas and Martha Wayne die again. If I have no. to see those fucking pearls fall one more time. No, you can you can thank Frank Miller for that one. Um Honest to God, I think that they should bring back and this is this is free um free advice, people, and this is I, Marvel and DC, they're such tools because they should take my advice. This is yep. coming from a guy who's a fan and, you know, sort of on the inside, almost not quite. One could but, call you a comic book influencer. Uh, possibly. <laughs> um, but, you know, they don't take my advice, but maybe Matt Reeves will. Um, you know who would be the perfect? Think about this the perfect Ra's al Ghul. Uh, Michael Keaton? No. I don't know. Nah. No, he's coming back for a Michael Zapsack. Nah. No. I, I can't act my way out of a paper bag. <laughs> How about Keanu Reeves as Rachel? Oh, Ball? hell to the yes. I'm Wait, here would for Keanu that. Reeves do it? I wonder if he would. Oh, I think he would. I mean, <sighs> as... Is uh, how how perfect would Keanu Reeves be, be as Rachel Gould? He'd be incredible. He would really need to work on his acting, though. No, he wouldn't. No, he really actor. wouldn't. Like he, he's not a bad. A John Wick is. You give him something to focus on, and he is. No, all and I there. will agree with that. I like him as John Wick. I never liked him in The Matrix. The Matrix was driving me crazy a little bit with him. I like the Matrix movies, but I'm saying he, his acting in The Matrix. Okay. Well, he. How about just say, listen, what you did in John Wick was great. I want you to do, do that. that again. That. Just do yeah. that again. Go do that. Do that again. Yeah. No, I, I think I would be here for that as yeah. long as. Uh, I mean, would you, would you need him to have a dialect? No, because no. he doesn't. Doesn't okay. do no, now, you don't need now anything. Now the question is, do we bring in Talia and do it an actual good Talia? You actually character? need Talia Al Ghul, and you need an Ubu. Yeah, you need an Ubu. You need you need his retinue. Um, the guy who did it in um, in Arrow, and I forget his name, but he uh, was great. Great. Do you think we're gonna get a Walking Phoenix in this trilogy? I don't want him. I don't want the Joker in this. No. They in should this stay. All, no, never. they should stay away from the Joker. Have have it be the long game. Have it be Rachel Ghoul. Have it have him be Batman in the first one. Mm-hmm. He's doing year one. Uh, second one, year two with Robin. Okay, mm-hmm. we're bringing Robin this time. Bring, bringing Robin, bringing a thirteen or fourteen year old Robin. Mm-hmm. Bringing a kid who looks like uh, Tom Holland. Yeah, okay. you know, real young. And I know how that sounds. It sounds creepy as shit, mm-hmm. and I did not mean it like that. <laughs> but you, the younger you have a Robin. The more he won't age out by number three. Right. Yeah. And that's the bitch. I mean, look at uh, Bran was cute in the first one when he was like climbing like a monkey. Yeah. And the, the like last one, by the he end. looked, and the last one when he was in the wheelchair, he looked like fucking Professor X. Yeah. Except for no bald. Yeah. That's the only difference. Um, uh, get your Tom Holland kind of looking dude. Mm-hmm. And yeah. in the second one, and then the third one, um, it's. You just plant the seeds of Rachel Ghoul. Yeah. You know, he feels the effects of some of the stuff. Do it like you did with Thanos and have the payoff be the third one where he's up against Keanu. Uh, I think Keanu. he very easily could do first movie is Court of Owls 
and you get that kind of tease of fine, I'll do it myself. Yeah, in us moment with uh, Keanu Reeves at the end. Yeah, dope. And then the second one, he's training Robin, and then it's Talia who comes in and, and falls in love. Then the third one, or and you can actually see a little bit more of Raish, but he's he's using underlings. Now, question: Do you even bring in a Catwoman in this trilogy? Mm, uh, for like uh, sexual uh, suspense, tension. tension between if you actually to, or a triangle between Talia I mean, and for between Bruce, Talia, and Catwoman. Um, that was in the Telltale game, so I was just, you know. You could, I wouldn't. Okay. Yeah. You don't really need so just, to. So we're just going to focus on Talia, this strategy. Yeah. I mean, I'm okay with that as long as they do Talia well. Yeah. Which is, to me, Talia's always been about, you never know which side she's on in the sense of, is she loyal to her father or is she loyal to Bruce Wayne? That's exactly, her beloved, yes. Yeah, her beloved. But yeah. you need to do it well. You need to do it to where you don't know yourself. Like like Severus Snape in Harry Potter. You never really knew what side he was on. True. Mm-hmm. Until the very, very last movie and he's already dead. But the last one, you're going to find out that, uh, I mean, and you have Robin mm-hmm. growing up to be, the third one could be him, like, turning into Nightwing. Mm-hmm. Sure. And then you have the the two of them together oh, as proper like a, Nightwing on film. That would be How quaint with that. Be? That would be fantastic. Yeah. Have him in the 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 red suit, the renegade red and black. Yep. Yeah, or the I'm, or I'm the a, uh, new Fifty Two Nightwing. I love uh, that. Or the Disco Nightwing. I want an Iceberg Lounge. No, you can't do. Too. <laughs> uh, you could do that. You could have the, him be like one of. Uh, I like, I like bringing in a British cobblepot that doesn't necessarily necessarily look like a penguin. It's just more of like he's the gangster cobblepot. I'm finishing up Gotham right now, Oof. and I just want to say the guy who plays Penguin on that, great. Robin Lord... Uh, Robin Lord Taylor? Taylor, yeah. Fantastic actor. And a really great guy. Yeah? Very nice man, That's yes. nice to hear. I've heard that from a few people, and it's... It seems like that cast is just delightful. Drew, pa- Drew Powell, another great guy. Yeah. Um, Donald Logue was just amazing as well. I mean, we got to meet a lot of these guys at the the cons, but Robert uh, Robin Lord Taylor was just such. He he is like so genuine and such a sweet guy. Uh-huh. Yeah. He was he's a, he was a fan of comic book man. He's like, like yeah. So I was like, cool. oh my god, that. And we had better seats, and we went to the uh, Madison Square Garden, mm-hmm. the uh, Walking Dead thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was in the Walking Dead, and I had better seats than him. Wow. I know. I was like, holy. Did crap. he feel super statusy with that? No, I was like, I'm, I'm like, do you do you want to switch seats with me? And he's like, not at all, because he had he had like a bunch of people with him. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, cool, because yeah. I could only give you my one. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> All right, with yeah. that, everyone. I think that's great. We've really enjoyed this. This has been a good catch-up. Hell yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, folks, listen for this one to, to drop soon. Yeah. I'm going to have Ming do a little bit of editing but because uh, I'm not quite as smooth as some people who helm this. But uh, it was great having you guys back. Yeah. We need to come back sooner rather than later. Yes. Thank you for having us, Mr. Zapsick. No, thank you for coming. And thanks, everybody out there, for listening. Uh, Be sure to check out Adultish on adultish.tv, footprint.tv. Like, share, subscribe. Give all the love. All the loves and all the likes. Thank you guys very much. (laughs) Till next time. See you later. Bye.